my shorts. Down Under Podcast. I am, of course, your host, Dave Lee, and this is episode two. Almost said episode three. We've recorded three of these things. First episode was a pilot. I feel like I want to do this every week. I'm a bit I'm a bit anal, a bit OCD, so I, I feel like um, I feel like I've done myself over this way. Uh, but yeah, this is episode two of the main podcast. I'm really excited. Should open up my uh, my laptop there and get my uh, my notes out for this episode right here. Um, of course, this episode goes out every single Monday on all the major podcasting platforms. We got on Google. Woo-hoo! We sorted it out. <laughs> if you listened last week, we were having a little bit of uh, issues with the, the Google podcasting app. The program wasn't showing up on there despite them telling me that we were on there. We're on there now. You're also searchable. On, you're searchable. We're searchable. Yeah, they were trying to tell me. Yeah, I had to I had to get at him. I was at him. I was like, what are you doing? Just sort this problem out. They finally sorted it out. And we're on Google Podcasts. We're also on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify as well. Our visual element also goes up on YouTube as well. That goes out two days earlier to Patreon supporters. So, uh, but that does also go live on the Monday along with the audio uh, version as well. Um, if you do want to become a patron and get access, that early access, it's uh, www.patreon.com forward slash Dave Lee Dander. And, of course, you get uh, early access to a bunch of my YouTube videos and all that stuff as well. Uh, if you are listening on podcasting platforms, I'd love for you to leave a review and a rating. Definitely does help. We've got a couple Ooh, of ratings on there. Dangerous. It could be dangerous. <laughs> it could be. We're five stars at the moment. We're a five-star podcast. Ooh, how many yeah, reviews? One? Two. Was it you and one? <laughs> one's probably me. <laughs> and one's, and probably, one's probably you. <laughs> yeah. So uh, there you go. Uh, of course, if you want to find me uh, over on YouTube, it is just Dave Lee Down Under. I'm also on Twitter, Instagram. Give me a search. I'll pop up, uh, pop up on there as well. If you want to send an email into the show, it's DaveLeePod at gmail.com. Um, actually, last week I said I said we'd just set this email up. And the email address I had set up was actually... Dave Lee down under pod at gmail.com. I got it wrong. So now I've had to set up, I've had to set up another email address, which is Dave Lee pod at gmail.com. Um, of course, today, uh, co hosting with me once again is old mate Rick. G'day, guys. G'day, guys. Hey, I hope everyone's all okay. Uh, we're doing pretty well. Uh, now, I do feel like I have to say this every episode. Old mate Rick is my father. People always somehow have to ask, who's this old mate Rick? And then I have to answer it every every single week. Um, but that's okay. That's okay. It just shows people are showing an interest. It's been a bit of a boring week. Boring? Um, just a little bit. We're still uh, in lockdown here in Melbourne, um, which is not fun. Um, but as we've said, it's a day today for us. It's, it's not too bad. A couple of people actually had actually sent in questions uh, saying, how are you dealing with lockdown in Melbourne? Uh, for those of you who don't know, we're in like really tough lockdown here in Melbourne. Uh, we're slowly easing. They've extended it for another two weeks, but we're easing out of it, which I think is, is pretty good. The most exciting thing that happened this week was um, we had a, a, a McDonald's a McDonald's meal. <laughs> <laughs> Wednesday. Wednesday afternoon, we thought it's McDonald's Day. They're doing the uh, Monopoly, McDonald's Monopoly at the moment, so trying to collect... All the pieces and I'm playing the, like the games on the phone. Oh, it's great fun. But I keep getting the same piece. But what they did this week is we 
We love our quarter pounder. We get a quarter pounder every week. Or not every week. Every time we go to McDonald's. Which is not that often. Not that often. Um, Although, you know, you could mistake my gut for being a McDonald's Well, yeah, exactly right. Uh, No, you're trying to cut down a lot of that kind of shit. Uh, But, uh, yeah, we we get a a quarter pounder every time we go to McDonald's. Um, And this, this week, for some reason, they thought you had asked for a double quarter pounder. And it is one of the worst oh, things. Isn't that a heavy piece of... Terrible. <clears throat> Awful. Oh. You pull it out of the box, it is drenched in fat, like the buns are just greased up. And you take a bite and it's these two patties and it's just like the, the oil and the fat. Just, yeah. And the, and the cheese. Oh. Like, there's so much cheese in it and it's just that Awful. crap. That burger cheese, burger as they orange, would call it, say in the UK. just revolting stuff. Awful. Oh, and every time I went to take a bite, I could. I'm not a huge cheese fan. I don't like. I don't really like that much cheese, especially if it's like that fake plasticky burger cheese kind of stuff. It's just, <clears throat> just gross. Um, so every time I went to take a bite, I just got a whiff of it. It was like I wanted to gag. It was terrible. Um, but yeah, it's not on the menu. I don't. Is the qu- double quarter pounder on the menu? The, the double quarter pounder, maybe. Maybe. I know you can get up to a. A quarter, you can up get a to, pound up, up to four, which is a four patties. patties. Oh. How could you do that? I don't know how on earth you could do that, but that's that is awful. Gonna that's give, gonna give the Colin a fair work. Terrible, one of the worst things. Um, I've been playing the Avengers game this week, the new Avengers game. I got surprise delivery. Um, actually, last week, I think just before we recorded or just after we recorded the podcast last week, a delivery van rocked up outside. I was like, oh, what the hell is this? I don't remember ordering much. I'm I, I, I ordering stuff all the time, as you'd know if you watch my YouTube. Um, but um, I was thinking, I don't remember ordering anything. The guy comes with an Amazon parcel. What What on earth is this? I thought, what have I pre-ordered and then forgot to cancel? Because <laughs> uh, that's happened before. Oh, uh, just a few times. And then I kind of, I got it. I was like, what the hell is this? I felt it. It felt like a like a Blu-ray. Obviously the same size case for the PS4 game. Opened it up, pulled out. What the hell is this? First thought I had was like some subscriber or viewer has found my address and sent me the Avengers game. Uh, but then I remembered uh, my girlfriend had actually sent it, uh, had told me she was sending me a surprise present for my birthday, which was a couple of months back. And she said, oh, it's not going to be there until September. And that arrived. Uh, so I, th- I thought, oh, that was a little bit of a bit of a relief that someone hadn't found my address and sent me something <laughs> in the mail. Usually it would go to the, like, the parcel locker or something. Because, uh, of, yeah. of course, Alicia, your girlfriend, she's in yeah. Cambridge in England. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she's English and mm-hmm. she's stuck there and <coughs> can't get here. And yeah, and I can't get there. You can't get there. and Which is a bit tough. Um, I was supposed to be different. over there like this time. Um, so we're just going to... Yeah, you're just, supposed to go back. I was probably supposed to be there like now. now like I was yeah. going to be there for my birthday. July and, or something. Yeah, 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 July. Yeah. Um, and we're going to like, I don't know, go somewhere like Barcelona or something, but that's not happening. That probably won't happen for a while, like travelling around, but I'll, I'll get to England, you know, as soon as I can, just keeping our eye on it, monitoring the situation with COVID and everything. Um, we started watching Deadwood this week. For about the, what, third, third, third or fourth time? Third or fourth time. We've started we've ch- That's not, we haven't watched the series three or four times. It's the like the third or fourth time we've actually gone, let's watch Deadwood. Let's get it out of the way. Let's do the whole thing. And this happens in like three or four year bursts and then something comes up and we don't end up watching the rest. Yeah. Um, and I think we, I think as far as, we, I don't think we've even finished the first season. I don't think season. we've out of the first season. I don't know. I Did do. We? I reckon we watched the first two or three episodes like three or four times. Yeah. Um, and then we just watched the first two again. Yeah. This time we determined. We're going to get done. through it. We'll There's get only it done like, this time. It's only like 30 episodes in a movie. So we're going to get it done this time. 
She's going to hunker yeah. down and get it done. Yeah, because we, we're in that, in that habit now of watching a series yeah. and watching the yeah, whole yeah, lot. Yeah. Yeah. So at the moment, we, what, what are we watching at the moment? Yellow, Yellowstone, Yellowstone which is Kevin Costner series. Brilliant. Enjoying that. Loving that. Yeah. And, then, and then, of course, your mother, my wife, mm. goes to bed. Oh, and, yeah. we, and we're still Deadwood, sitting up, up so I think, oh, well, what do we watch? Oh, well, let's, let's try Deadwood, Deadwood. again. Yeah, so what, what, we, what we're now doing is we'll watch Yellowstone, one or two episodes mm-hmm. of Yellowstone, and get through that. Yeah. And then when she's gone to bed, we will yeah. watch that. So we'll get through it this time, yeah. I'm sure. The worst thing being in Australia, the worst thing being in Australia, not so much now with um, like streaming and everything, but in the past, it was so hard to catch up on TV shows when they were on television because they'd play them for a few weeks and then they'd change the time slot and then they'd maybe they'd just take it off completely yeah. and you just couldn't keep up with the television show. So we got in this habit of just like, let's just wait until the series is done, the show's done, and then we just buy it on Blu-ray and binge it all at the end. So we, we got all we these did, shows. We did that with Breaking Bad too. Breaking Bad, yeah, we did. I mean, everybody, I remember, you know, being at work <clears> and stuff and everybody was talking about Breaking Bad and how yeah. good it was and, um, and, and we sort of didn't really hear about it until season four or something. Yeah. And then thought, oh, yeah. I'm going to try and catch up. <laughs> oh, bugger it. We'll yeah, just let it just go wait. and wait until it finishes. And then we yeah. just binge the whole thing. And Glad we did it we that did way. That. Game it was, of Thrones. It was a great way to do it. Game, Game of Thrones is the next one. We haven't started that. have not watched the episode of Game no. of Thrones. I think we may have watched one. And then we were like, uh, let, yeah, I don't it's know what It's too heavy to get into. Yeah. So we'll wait till that so was all finished. And now that's yeah. all done, we can sort of... Get into that eventually. Yeah, eventually. Alicia wants to watch that, my girlfriend. So I'm having to wait for her. And then we'll watch that. God knows when that'll be. Get into it eventually. Yeah, exactly right. Look, guys, we've got a big show ahead of us. It's absolutely stacked. We've got a heap of new stuff to get into to talk about. Um, and we're just going to get straight into it because, uh, as I said, we're stacked. We've got a lot to talk about. And the big, the big news for the week. Now, this one is a big one. This is something that's dividing a lot of people. And it's something that's a little bit controversial. Um, but I don't like to dance around things. I mean... We talked about movie stuff and stuff, and you can't you can't just not talk about this big stuff that happens. Um, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, which is of course the board uh, behind the Academy Awards, the Oscars, um, they've announced new regulations uh, to be eligible for the Best Picture. So new regulations for the Best Picture nomination doesn't apply for any of the other mm. awards. It's just Best Picture. Now, this starts, um, I believe, is the, what did they say? 2024. The 96th. The 96th Academy Awards. So they're giving the industry a little bit of time to, to adapt to these new rules, right? Um, get their shit together. Get the shit together. Exactly right. Now, they, they put this out as a tweet, as they do these days. Everything goes out on Twitter before it goes anywhere else. Uh, their tweet says, change starts now. We've announced new representation and inclusion standards for Best Picture eligibility, beginning with the 96 Oscars, right? And this is obviously on the back of that that 2015 movement, which was the Oscars So White thing. Oh, that was with Will, uh, Will Smith. Will Smith, Smith. Yeah, Jada, yeah, Jada Pinkett. And they yeah. um, uh, a lot of like celebrities came out and it was like this big push for more yep. diversity in the films that were well, nominated. That was, that was all because... Will Smith's film that year hadn't been nominated. That's how well, it all started. Partly, yeah, 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 exactly right, which was... I think, I can't remember what the film was. I can't remember what the film was that year. Uh, I think it was like that Collateral, maybe, or that, no, I can't remember what it was called. The one he did with Margot Robbie. No, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. But, yeah, there was a Will Smith film that didn't get nominated. Everyone said it was going to be, and everyone got a little bit fired up. And I think since then the Oscars have been 
um, or the Academy has been more receptive to foreign films or films with uh, a diverse cast, um, with um, inclusion, all that kind of stuff, and they've been making really good moves. I mean, Parasite won the Best Picture last year, which we still haven't won, which was a, uh, a film, film out of Korea. Uh, which uh, looks great, but we haven't got around to it just yet. We don't watch too much like horror stuff. We've got to be like in the mood for that. Um, but oh, yes, I just uh, shit my pants when I watch stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Can't watch stuff like that alone. No. Uh, so they have, yeah, they've they've been making these small steps every year, and now they've gone all out and they're like, look, we're putting these restrictions on um, on what films can be nominated, and uh, it's it's I mean. It's, it's one of those things where you either think this is really great or you think that it's a little bit problematic, and we'll get into our thoughts on that uh, in a minute. Uh, but we'll just briefly kind of go through what this is. It's important to like unpack it all and kind of understand what is happening here. Um, inclusion and representation standards to be eligible for the best picture. A film must meet two out of the four standards, so there's an A, B, C and a D standard. Uh, so the A standard is on-screen representation, themes and narratives. B standard is creative leadership and project team. C is industry access and opportunities. And D is audience development. Uh, the article basically reads, Today the Academy of Motion Picture, Arts and Sciences announced new representation and inclusion standards for the Oscars. Blah, blah, blah. We've said all this. Uh, the standards are designed to encourage uh, uh, equitable representation on and off-screen in order to better reflect the diversity of the movie-going audience. Uh, the aperture must widen to reflect our diverse global population in both the creation of motion pictures and in the audiences who connect with them. The Academy is committed to playing a vital role in helping make this a reality, uh, said the Academy President David Rubin and Academy CEO Dawn Hudson. Um, so we'll break down these standards. The standard A, which is the on-screen representation, uh, the lead or significant supporting actors, at least one of them, needs to be, um, or a, a significant supporting actor, needs to be from a underrepresentation, uh, underrepresented racial or ethnic group, Asian, Hispanic, uh, Latinx, uh, Black, African-American, Indigenous, Native American, Alaskan Native, Middle Eastern, North African, Native Hawaiian, or other Pacific Islander, or other, underrepresent, uh, other underrepresented race or ethnicity. Um, uh, the, it also breaks down to the general uh, the general ensemble cast needs to be at least thirty percent of all actors in secondary and minor roles from at least two of the following underrepresented groups: women, racial or ethnic groups, LGBTQ plus people with cognitive or physical disabilities, or who are hard of uh, who are deaf or hard of hearing. Um, and uh, the third part that breaks down for this one is main storyline subject matter, main storyline theme or narrative of the film is centred on an underrepresented uh, group as listed uh, above. This uh, The B standard, which is the creative leadership, means that um, at least two of the following creative leadership positions and department heads, casting director, cinematographer, composer, costume designer, director, editor, hairstylist, etc., etc., are from any of the underrepresented groups that are previously listed. Um, and at least one of those positions must belong to the following underrepresented racial or ethnic group as previously listed. That also breaks down to at least six other crew or team and technical positions are from the underrepresented uh, groups, and uh, at least 30% of the film's crew is from one of those underrepresented groups. The C standard is industry access and opportunities. To achieve the C standard, the film must meet both 
criteria again, so that breakdown. The film's distributional financing company has paid apprenticeships or internships that are from the following underrepresented groups and satisfied the criteria, which is the uh, the ones listed again. Uh, the two mini major or independent studios distributors must have a minimum of two apprentices interns from the above. So kind of get the gist there. It's a very, very long article. I'm trying to kind of get through it. Um, that it also breaks down to training opportunities, skills development, the film's production, distribution, and or financing company must offer training and or work opportunities for below-the-line skill development to people from the underrepresented groups. The D standard, which is the final standard, audience development, to achieve the D standard, you must... Um, the studio, uh, it breaks down representation in marketing, publicity, and distribution. Studio and or film company has multiple in-house senior executives from among the following underrepresented groups. Um, again, as as per listed. So there's a lot of boxes they got to tick, but again, they do only have to tick two of them. The two yeah. boxes. Um, so, what are our thoughts on this? It has opened up a discussion on uh, what films wouldn't have been eligible in the past. Now, people are throwing around films like Lord of the Rings, Titanic, Godfather probably wouldn't have been eligible. Mostly mm. white casts and white creative team. Last year's um, last Korean year's film? Uh, yeah, the last Korean year's um, it's, yeah, it's a um, South Korean film. South Korean, yeah. South Korean film. Um, um, and yeah, so that one there's a big question about would Parasite have been eligible because that was a a um, mono eth- um, ethnic mono. cast as well. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, there was obviously just all. No but South Korean cast crew. The question's got to be answered because that was because that was made up of all mm-hmm. what they class as minority group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that okay? Well, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. They're saying now is would that have been eligible to win the best picture last year under these rules? Now the ones I rattled off before, Lord of the Rings, Titanic, Godfather. I've not properly looked into them, and I don't. I mean, a lot of people on the internet probably haven't. They probably just rattled off some titles. Um, I know Lord of the Rings, one of the producers uh, was female, so that probably ticks off one of them. But, yeah, anyway, so there's a lot of films. I think someone broke something down where it said, like, out of the last five years, there's, like, one film that wouldn't have been eligible. Mm. Yeah, I I don't know. I haven't haven't looked into it. I haven't seen what films there were. But, I mean, you look at a couple of those films that you, Mm -hmm. you mentioned, like The Godfather and... And Titanic in particular, they yeah. were they were really quite white. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah exactly right, <laughs> weren't they? Yeah, they, yeah. they were very oh, yeah. they were very white oh, films. Sure. And yeah. you're probably right; they probably w- wouldn't have been eligible yeah. under these rules. Well, especially, I mean, Lord of the Rings. What, what's what's your thought? What do you? Well, everyone knows I know what mine is. I'm, I'll tell you everyone's. Mine I think we're both pretty much on the same page with this. Um, I am all for equality in film, in television. I I uh, constantly on the channel. I'm like all for it, yep. right? Um, well, I love your girlfriends. My yeah, my girlfriend's mixed race, yep, so exactly. you know, um, I don't want to be that guy that's like you know, oh well, I've got no, a that's right. friend or whatever. But no. Um, but no, uh, so big supporter of that. I I love the fact that they had a, a lead female in Star Wars. A lot of people didn't like that. I loved what they did with Captain Marvel. The whole uh, Brie Larson. I don't know yep. how much you saw about that, but Brie Larson essentially came out and said. You know, when we're doing the press tour and stuff, we want as many, you know, minority groups mm. or underrepresented groups to be able to be involved in the press tour and not just white guys. Yeah, and right. a lot of people on the internet got annoyed yeah. because, oh, it doesn't want white guys to come and see the movie. But really it was just all about, you know, just... So I'm a big supporter of all that. I've been a big supporter of Brie Larson about all this stuff. 
Um, so I think the equality in films is very important, and yes, I think it's very important that the that the Academy does consider what kind of films they um, they nominate and kind of broaden their scope. But my problem here is it beca- for for me it becomes art for art's sake. Yeah, exactly. Instead think, of art being for what it should be for. Well, for me, it's that whole thing about separating art from artist and reviewing the art and not reviewing the art for who has made the art, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. So I feel like it's like a example I used before, Tom Cruise years ago went crazy, you know, he was jumping up and down jumping on, on the on couch. Earth, and was, was you know, he was a loopy guy, but you still watch and love his films. You can separate him from the movie. Yeah, that's right. Right? Yeah. And all these other people who've probably done stupid shit off you know, off screen. Hugh Grant, who got caught in a scandal many years <laughs> yeah. ago. Yeah, well, uh, Richard Gere. You know all these people. <laughs> no. But you know, you, you still can support their films. But you wouldn't you wouldn't judge say Mission Impossible, if that was gonna go up for no best picture, or whatever. Oh no, that guy that's in that is crazy. Let's not nominate that now. Yeah. I mean, right. so I know it's a very different thing. But I feel like you need to. I, I I feel like it sets a dangerous precedent on how we go going forward now view and critique films. Yeah, it, it, it's it's like it, it's like um, my my view is that you employ the best person possible mm-hmm. for the task. Yeah, exactly. Now, whether right. that be whether that be the best actor mm-hmm. to suit the role, or whether that be the best person for a job yeah. within a company. Yeah. Now, I remember years ago. Uh, the company I worked for, um, I, I was part of the management team mm. and um, we had room for another... We had to employ a new photographer. Mm-hmm. And the boss wanted... We had two female photographers at the time and we had... Uh, I think we had 16 or 17 photographers and staff. So he felt that the um, that females were underrepresented... Yeah. within our company. So he mm-hmm. wanted to employ a female photographer. Yeah. Now, it just happened to be that we'd seen we we we'd seen a couple of couple of guys that I th- I thought suited the role perfectly. Now, what I did, not everybody can do. Um when you talk about photography, photography is not just photography, right? Mm-hmm. Um as you know. Yeah. Um there are different types of photography. Like I wouldn't go yeah. and shoot a wedding because I'm not good at it. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. But what I do I'm I was pretty good at. Um so I'd recommended there were two guys that I recommended that one of them should get the job. Now I went away on leave for two weeks. I came back and he'd employed a female. Mm. Now she came in with a good with a with a um, a good folio, and I was told and I think her name was Carol or something like that. I can't really yeah. remember who it was. Um, and uh he raved about her folio and everything else and after about a week because i was because i was senior photographer at the time i i was overseeing people um i worked out pretty quickly she didn't know what the hell she was doing now it just turned out that she was an assistant with a mate of mine that worked at a different studio and he rang me and said you've employed this girl i said i didn't he said good luck because she's terrible mm. and i found out within about a week that she wasn't good so i asked to see her folio and she she told me that her folio wasn't ready and for anybody to look at. Right. Now it turned out yeah. that half the work in that folio was the was the mate of mine's mm. that she worked as right. an assistant, and mm. she and she was putting it forward as her own work. Yeah. So what I'm saying is that 
the guy the guy that was head of our department, he employed this female because he wanted yeah. more representation. More representation, yeah. In that Without looking at whether exactly they were right. the right person exactly for the job. Exactly right. And it turned right. out she wasn't the right person for the yeah. job. She only lasted six months and she was gone. So that's that's the that's one of the issues that I have now is that putting these these restrictions in place could now have this detrimental effect where the studio is going, Well, we need to hire a, a we need to hire a black person to direct this film just for the sake of it. Yeah, exactly right. Or we need to have a black person in this role that might not have been written for a black person. Exactly right. Because they want to make a token out of the person. Yeah. And I feel like that maybe that's a bit disrespectful. Or maybe Well you wouldn't want you wouldn't want to get a job yeah, purely I and simply be, because yeah. because they had to fill a quota. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want to get a job, you want to get, in, particularly in, in, in an art field, you yeah. want it because somebody appreciates mm-hmm. and likes what you do. Yeah. Not because they have to employ somebody. Yeah, exactly. Like you wouldn't employ, like you get a lot of, you know, black, black what do you call them, black, black exploitation films. You wouldn't yeah. employ a white guy to direct. Well, yeah, exactly right. One of those because yeah, we yeah, don't, yeah. Understand don't understand it. The, the struggles yeah. that they, the, 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 the you know yep. they've had over the over over years. Mm-hmm. The same the same is that you know you wouldn't employ an Asian guy to um, uh, to direct a a film about the Irish for oh, yeah. argument's sake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he doesn't have an understanding of their culture. Yeah. Well, I feel like it's oh, this like, is a bit broad. I mean, I yeah, know, yeah, yeah, right. I don't have to be broad and a bit. You know. Yeah. yeah. You know, throw a throw a mm-hmm. blanket over it. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I get what you know, you're saying. You know what I'm but like, it's it's almost like I would like the thing I thought, like the comparison I made was, you wouldn't put a woman in charge of a or a woman directing a film about a bunch of blokes going off on a um on a, a bachelor well, a, like the hangover. hangover. You wouldn't put the woman no, in charge right. of the hangover. The same way you wouldn't put a male in charge of something like Rough Night. Which was the film with Scarlett Johansson, yeah, well, which that, was very yeah, much like the female that, that female wedding. What was it called? With um, oh, I can't even think of the name of the film now. The wedding one. Um, can't remember. No, move on. Can't remember. Yeah, but yeah. So <laughs> that was sort of like that that female like version of Heather Hangover, the rough night film. So yeah. They wouldn't put a male in charge of that because they don't understand that perspective, right? So I, I feel like this then opens up this can of worms of. Let's just get this person to like. I'm not saying like you can't hire a black person to play a role that was written for a white guy, because if that guy comes in and he's like fantastic, fine, yeah, hire him That's because right. he's good for the job. That's right. But don't just hire him yeah. because he is from one of these underrepresented groups. Yes, yeah, exactly right. Um, now I did actually throw it out to Twitter just to kind of get like a broad. Uh, perspective of what people are thinking about this. Um, Blake has written in. He said, while it's a good step, it feels like a bit of a PR stunt. Looks like it may result in more opportunities for minorities in the business, but I can't help but feel the use of rules as a tad demeaning. I also feel the Academy may still find a way around them to nominate whoever. Yep. Yep. And that's actually something I was going to say is that I feel like people, the studios, whatever, will now take advantage of these rules and or just you know, do these things, like what we were saying, making making tokens out of these people just for the sake of getting around a rule. Yeah, that's right. Right. And, um, and, and we all know that, that, that a lot of a lot of films are made to win Oscars. Well, exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what Oscar they'll do. Oscar bait. Yeah, exactly, yeah, oh, exactly right. right. That's what they'll do. Exactly right. Uh, Rachel from Rachel's Reviews wrote and said, this is no big deal. 
D and C are easily maintained and it shouldn't make much of a difference, um, which is the ones about, uh, what was it? It was the... Uh, the apprenticeships, the apprenticeships, and, and all that yeah. uh, industry access yeah. and audience development. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Uh, Mark writes in says feels like enforcing religious beliefs on art, overdoing a good thing. Emma writes in says this sounds good, likely rough at first, but everyone will get the hang of it. I am interested to see how the criteria will work in animated films. Um, would that's the rules only apply to voice actors or the characters as well? That is interesting. Ooh, that's too. very interesting point. Mm. I wonder what they'll do with that. Yeah. Well, you haven't had a lot of animated films nominated for Best Picture. There's only been a couple. But, yeah, that is that does open but, up another... But, is, but is, are these rules running just for Best Picture? This is just Best Picture, just so it's not yeah. everything. Um, Joel uh, writes in says, if it was for all four, then maybe some of the arguments would be valid, but there should definitely be an aim for two of these. Um, and then, um, yeah, so most people, there's very, very different varying reviews I th- uh, upcoming on screen says, I think if studios want to get around this, they will just go with C and D as it's a cheaper and easier option. I'm optimistic, but it would be very interesting to see how many of the films nominated, say, the past decade already met two out of the four criteria. You probably find that a lot of them do anyway. I'd say so, I mean, because yeah. when you think about it, they're, they're spending a lot of money on p- producing these films. Mm-hmm. And there's probably going to be a lot of interns and apprentices and stuff on yeah. site because they're oh, cheap for sure. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure, you know. Yeah, so that's an easy so way to get that, around. So that's it, one. Just, that's one. Yeah, yeah. One criteria ticked yeah. off. Um, so yeah, and then Sam says, "I value personality merits and uh, who would be the best fit for the job over diversity." So um, yeah, so there's a very wide sort of spectrum of of arguments for or against. Um, again, quality, fantastic, support it entirely in all films, and I think it is something that does need to change. Uh, but it needs to change for it has to happen organically, naturally, not enforced, because then that just leads to mm. whole different set of issues that yeah. I feel like we've just well, covered. They, well, they just should be really careful that I don't put the artist ahead oh, of exactly the Exactly right. That's for me. That's the big thing is like judging um, judging art for the art and not for you know who's making the art. Yeah, that's right. Mm. I just think it sets a, a dangerous precedent again for the way we critique and we view film. Um, yeah. But again, the equality thing is something that is happening and does need to happen. Oh, it's, look, I don't, have, I don't have an issue with it, mm-hmm. but they've just—I think they should be really careful, careful about how it's about how uh, they do it. Yeah, exactly. And right. and not not you know as, as you know as we just said that they'll probably get around it by by you know criteria C and D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, and and they probably do majority of films probably do that now anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but. When it comes to the artists mm-hmm. themselves, I wouldn't want to be employed because yeah, exactly because I'm part of. You wouldn't a, be want to be that token. Exactly. Hired I don't want to be because you're yeah, made I the token. Want, I don't want to be the you know yeah, the yeah. minority group that yeah you know represent representing the, a minority group yeah. and so, and going yeah oh, I'm here because I had to be here yeah, exactly right not because I I produce good work yeah um, we mentioned Daisy Ridley before. From uh, Star Wars, who was, of course, the female lead of the new Star Wars uh, sequel trilogy. Oh, last week we had uh, John Boyega. We had John Boyega. This, this, this week we had Daisy. Uh, Daisy what has she been up to? Well, she uh, appeared on Jimmy Kimmel this week. Um, Jimmy's not hosting at the moment. He's taking some time off. Um, so the guest host was Josh Gad, who was actually like a personal friend of, of hers. Yep. They did that um, Murder on the Orient Express together. They oh, did a lot true. of like yeah, silly little did, Twitter yeah. things yep. where it was like this video where they were while they were making Rise of Sky, um, uh, The Last Jedi, 
Josh Gad was like, oh, so you're going to tell me all the secrets and stuff? Funny little Twitter videos and stuff. So Josh Gad was co-hosting, and uh, he asked her an often asked question about the Star Wars sequel, um, which she's never been able to answer before because uh, she was making the films. But now the movie's been out there for, for um, you know, a year um, or almost a year. She can answer these questions honestly. Um, so this is – have a listen to this. This is the question and the answer um, from the Jimmy Kimmel show. Uh, so, Dave, uh, I want to ask you – I just found this out. You – have you been keeping Ray's secret from the beginning? Did you know about the parentage? Like, uh, tell me about that, that journey of when you found out. No. At the beginning, there was toying with like an Obi Wan connection, and then um, it really went. There were like different versions, and then it really went to that she was no one. And then it came to episode nine, and JJ pitched me the film and was like, "Oh yeah, Palpatine's granddaddy," and I was like, "Awesome!" And then two weeks later, he was like, "Oh, we're not sure." So it kept changing. So then, even I was filming, and I wasn't sure what the answer was going to be. So there you go. So this is something that a lot of people have been going on about for ages, ever mm. since The Last Jedi came out, which essentially went back over a bunch of plot points and stuff that JJ set up in the first film. Uh, was how are they make? Are they are they just how are they making a film without having a without having a plan uh, without having right? an endpoint? Yeah. So it's essentially confirmed now via this interview with Daisy and a bunch of other things that have come out. This this franchise, this trilogy, was not planned. No, not at all. Well, look, that, that all that all fits in with what John Boyega was saying as well. Oh yeah, exactly right. Isn't where it? they didn't have the plan for the character, they yeah. set it up, yeah. and then based on what the audience reaction to the film was, they went, "Oh, no, let's just change that. Let's just to appease everyone." So this is what I was saying last week, which was that take one. Write it and pass it on, and then yeah, you yeah. can do the next one, sort of thing. Initially, they had um, three. Whispers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, to, initially, they had um, three directors and three writers set up for the film. So J.J. Abrams was going to do the first one. Uh, you were going to have um, uh, um, Ryan Johnson do the second one, and then Colin Trevorrow, I think, was going to do the third one. Who did um, uh, Jurassic World, the first one or the second one? One of the Jurassic World films. Um, and then they kicked him off the project because he released some film that was absolutely canned. So they kicked him off. Yeah. And so they all, all these three directors were given their own sort of creative pull and do whatever the hell they wanted to do with the films. And then after The Last Jedi, um, a lot of, um, a lot of uh, fans, big backlash. So they were like, all right, panic stations, let's bring JJ back. It's absolutely... <laughs> Fucking what a, mess. What a nightmare. Absolute mess. It's no wonder the film was not the greatest. The Rise of Skywalker, you know? man. Look, I defended The Last Jedi endlessly from the rooftops. I still say it is a brilliant film. I love the way that it went back on things that were done in The Force Awakens. I love the way that it, it did like um uh, it, it did a lot of unexpected things, big surprises and stuff. It was a brilliant film. But that's because I thought, this is planned this way. Yeah. But it wasn't planned that no, way. No, 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 no. Wow. And I'm say, I will say now, I will say it, it wasn't planned. And maybe that was not the best way to go about doing The Last Jedi. As much as I love the film, maybe it wasn't the best way to do it. Because then they maybe, had to go. <laughs> Definitely not the best way to do it. <laughs> they had to go back for The Rise of Skywalker. And JJ comes back and goes, shit, I don't like what he's done here. That's not what, I, that's not what I'd planned. Let's 
just rewrite it all and go back on everything again. It's such an absolute mess. What a balls up. The Rise of Skywalker, I thought, I haven't watched it a second time. I can't go back to it. I can't go back to it because it was just... Dis- oh, it just I, 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 I felt it was disjointed. Oh, so disjointed because it's... And you can tell now. Yeah, that's this is, why. This is why. Yeah. Because they didn't have a plan. There was no plan. And I don't understand, right? How does the company that made the MCU, oh. the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Disney, this big, yep. grand... I mean, granted, they weren't involved in the first phase of films, but they helped usher Marvel into the... Yeah, this in- intricately planned, beautiful franchise that so many other studios are trying to emulate and have been for the last 10 years. So how does the big studio behind this franchise fuck it up so bad with Star Wars? Wrong people, wrong place. Fucking hell, man. <laughs> It's unbelievable. Like, I don't talk about Star Wars on my channel anymore. Oh, no, no, no. I don't go there anymore because it's not worth it. The comments you get, toxic shit, and just, it's just, and I lost a lot of passion for Star Wars, my love for Star Wars. Like, it's one of the first movies I ever really loved. I was like seven or eight years old. I'd never never watched it. You'd never watched it. When it it came, it was the first one, 77? Yeah. I never, I never really watched mm. any of that. No, yeah. I only ever watched it when you when you started. Yeah, exactly. I thought, oh, I might sit it's like ninety eight, ninety nine. Yeah. Um. So I've loved it since then, and I just lost a lot of passion for it because, well, a because of the way fans were acting about it, and then b because of how I felt about the Rise of Skywalker. And the thing for me was, I come out of Force Awakens like this is amazing. This franchise is going to be so good. Oh, I wonder what they've got planned. How they're going to pay all these things you off? Know what they had planned? Fucking Fuck jack all. shit. Nothing. <laughs> Fuck all. They had nothing planned. And that pisses me off now, looking back at that going, you've done me over. And I sat there the whole time like, no, I defend this. I will defend this movie. I defend The, the Last Jedi because I loved it. I thought it was great. They have a plan. I'm. How do you make Star Wars without a plan? You don't. And now coming out of the end of it, like a year later after The Rise of Skywalker, that bit of disconnect and all this shit that we've been hearing, how can you continue to defend that? That is just, well, you just so you stupid. Just can't. You, you can't. can't do it. You can't. You don't go into the biggest franchise in the world and run it into the ground by yeah. just not planning anything. Yeah. But, I wonder what Lucas uh, felt feels about that. He ha- well, I'm not going to say hate, but George Lucas was not happy with what they did with The Force Awakens. Bob yeah. Iger wrote a very large a chapter in Bob Iger's memoir, a very candid chapter about oh, really? how they pissed off George. Really? And how he essentially had to grovel and, you know, I'm so sorry. George went in with this whole thing, like, this is my trilogy. This is how I've mapped it out since the 70s. Take all my, you know, all my uh, my writings, all my scripts, everything. When you buy Lucasfilm, please make this. Yeah, we'll make those movies, George. We'll make those movies. And that fucked him over. They didn't do it. They didn't do it. And Bob Iger agree, uh, said in his book, deeply sorry, this is the biggest mistake we've made. Like, mm. so stupid. Like, why? Yep. Like, yeah. At least have J.J. Abrams take the three movies, write a whole, you know, treatment whole, yep, yep. and stick to it. Even if it's not what George was going to do, do a treatment head for the entire trilogy. Head down a path and stay on that path. Not go, all right, let's take this guy, let's take this guy, let's take this guy, you write one, you write one, you write one, no, you piss off, bring this first guy back and you just do whatever the hell you want. No, it so stupid. Yeah, well, it makes so it makes sense. stupid. I mean, I didn't, I, didn't know, I didn't know any of that and... And to me, watching the film, it was... Yeah, you picked up on it. It was a tad boring. It was a tad oh, boring to me, man. and it was just all over the place. And I remember I remember saying to you that, geez, I, I had to really concentrate on that and try mm. and work out what the yeah, hell was going yeah. on. 
And that makes sense. That's that's yeah. totally makes it's sense. Absolute balls up. This is why John Boyega feels like he was done over because they set him up. You know, yeah. in that first film, so beautifully well, to so have an amazing arc. Well, so for me, I didn't not not knowing any of that mm. sort of background now. Yeah, and I thought, but John Boyega. We were talking yeah. about John Boyega last week. I'm thinking, is he just being? You know, is he being yeah. pretentious or is he yeah. being a bit full of himself yeah. or what? I don't know, but it actually all makes sense. Makes sense to have the pieces, totally the puzzle sense. pieces. Because, yes, they did. Finn was definitely set up to have an amazing arc and then they just, oh, uh, yeah, put him to the back because yeah. it's not working. People don't like it, whatever. Again, this is the whole thing about how this is dangerous precedence about putting the power in the hands of the audience. Yeah. Fucking map out your series. And just do it. Just do it. The first two films made over a billion dollars each. The Force Awakens made $2 billion, right? Almost $2 billion. Um, and they they just went with what the audience like. Oh, the audience like this. The audience didn't like this. Let's just placate them. It's a very dangerous precedent. And again, it's the same thing that's happening with um, the Justice League. Zack Snyder's been allowed to come back and do his... Um, edit of the film, the, the Snyder Cut, because the DC fans were all up in arms, spamming Twitter, hashtag release the Snyder Cut, harassing the actors and just shit for, for a couple of years. That's another one and I can't really get into. And, no. my, and my favourite superhero character has always been yeah, Superman. Superman. Always. Yeah. Since I was a kid. Crazy. Um, and I can't get into that franchise. No, exactly. I'll, I'll watch, I watch them, but yeah. I just think, you know, you, you'll start off, you've got, you know, you start off with Ben Affleck as. Batman, mm. and then you've got who's the next one? Patterson. Oh the yeah, because one. the way because now that's that yeah, whole thing of like the, the audience is like that's that's another franchise that went in without a plan. That's a whole other thing. They tried to emulate what Marvel was doing by doing it the opposite way by giving everyone the team up film first, and then doing you know doing the wacky zany stuff like Suicide Squad, which was obviously to capitalize on uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. But Marvel Guardians of the Galaxy was like. The tenth or the eleventh film or something in the mark. So they had like had this like audience rapport. Um, the audience loved all the Marvel films, trusted anything Marvel. Suicide Squad was like the third film in the DCEU. And, and is that is that because they you know because those characters have been around so long that mm. we knew who they were and they they well, just assumed well, yeah, that everybody yeah, exactly would, right. would that come along it. for That's the That's exactly ride. right. So you had Batman who had been in. The four, like the two uh, Tim Burton Michael ones, the two, and, yeah, yeah, the two Joel Schumacher films. You had like 1940s serials with Batman, the 60s series with Batman, animated series. Everyone knows Batman, Superman, same yep. thing. Serials, films, television series. Um, so they were going, all right, everyone knows who they are. Let's just do something. But you can't do that. You no. can't. You, if you're starting a new franchise, you need to reestablish all your characters for people who might be going in for the first time. Yeah. And you go in watching like I remember. It's like what, I always say, you always cater to the lowest common denominator. Oh, exactly right. And that's what the studios usually do until now. And they're putting too much power in the hands of the audience. That's and nice. I think that's a big problem. But it's I remember watching problem. Batman v Superman, and like Batman just comes into it. He's pre-established everything. Obviously, we knew Batman was. Oh yeah, the bloody three Christopher Nolan films. I didn't mention them before. So yeah, so much yeah, Batman. Yeah. But I remember watching Batman v Superman, and obviously a separate franchise. But the thing I'm thinking in my head watching that for the first time was like trying to relate this Batman story back to what we'd seen in the Nolan films only a couple of years earlier. Mm. And then you kind of have to stop yourself and go, no, shit, this is a different version of the character completely. Yeah, So no, that's you right. have to distance it. So yeah. I feel like audience had a lot of problem. But anyway, 
That is a little bit off course. But I feel like, yeah, again, this thing here, whatever the hell happened with Star Wars, um, I still love Star Wars. I think The Force Awakens was a brilliant film. I think uh, there was like a fantastic way to start a franchise. Last Jedi was a great, uh, amazing film. Last Jedi is probably one of my favourite Star Wars films. But it probably should, definitely should not have been made the way it was made. No. It should not exist. It's a film that should not exist, sadly. Sadly enough. It's a, it feels good to get a lot of this off because I haven't, I haven't spoken about <laughs> Star Wars cathartic. for like a year. It is a little bit. Because yeah. um, it just opens up too many holes. It is. Like, That's nuts. You know, I mean, too many people out there. That could... Like I'm not, I'm not like telling the trolls that were right. I still think like awful the way a lot of people reacted over The Last Jedi. Like I didn't like this, but I, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. I'll get a little bit pissed off and then I'm going to move on. Yeah. Right? And that's why I don't talk about Star Wars anymore because it's just not worth it. I think the way a lot of people in the fandom acted really stupid and continue to act really stupid, right? Mm. Um, so I'm not, like, bowing down to them. I just, as someone who likes good films and knows a lot about storytelling, whatever else, it's just a stupid, and while stupid way to do it. you mentioned Star Wars, you know, yeah. um, uh, Ewan McGregor yes. has come out and mentioned Yeah, he's that. been talking about Obi-Wan. Yeah. Yeah, well, they announced this a year ago at D23, last August, Disney Expo. Uh, so they announce it, yes, Kenobi mm. is happening, but with so many things with Lucasfilm, they announce it and then it never happens. Or they announce the director. Started, they're going to start. They're going to start. I think they were supposed to start. Then COVID happened, um, and they're going to start filming next year. Um, and they've confirmed now, finally confirmed that it's only one season. One so season. it's like a mini yeah. series kind of thing. But then good. are they are they gonna are they gonna, are they gonna placate an audience oh, if, it, God. if it's popular? Oh well we have this great story here, but yeah. everyone loved it, so let's make another one. Yeah. yeah I don't know. You know. But it's good good for him to come out and Oh yeah. And say that yep, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's actually happening. happening. It's, <laughs> it's you know, I'm on board, it's only one season so long as I know and yeah. um it's a standalone sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. so it's good to have somebody come out. Well yeah, exactly right. It's nice to hear and he seems very happy too that he can finally be like yeah. Oh, yeah, awesome. Yeah, we're doing it. It's so good. Yeah. There's so many interviews you saw over the, over the years. Are you returning to play Obi-Wan? He was like, I'm not sure. <laughs> Maybe. I'd love to. I've, I'm told them I'd love to, but I don't know. But, yeah, now it's all out there in the open. Um, of course, that'll be on Disney+. Plus. Probably, I'm saying probably late 2021 at the earliest, probably 2022. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, Mandalorian Season 2 has got a release date, October 30 this year. Of course, Disney+. Plus. Plus, plush. Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that goes on Disney Plus in October th- on October thirtieth. Um, they released some um, stills from the uh, from a couple of episodes of that. Um, <laughs> yeah, did you show me them yesterday? Oh, I showed you them yesterday. Yeah, that's right. And someone I follow on Twitter, um, a bit of a Twitter friend of mine, James. Uh, he uh, is also a patron, actually. Um, he one of his comment on that was. These could have just come. These pictures could have just come from from <laughs> the first, first season. season. Just yeah, so exactly. nondescript. Just a Mandalorian and yeah. Baby Yoda, just standing there. Like yeah, like nothing <laughs> exciting there. Uh, but yeah, Mandalorian is coming, um, and that was all shot entirely before COVID. They shot the whole thing. They had it wrapped. Luckily, so mm. that's set to come out at the right time. Unlike stuff like um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier that they had to shut down um, the production on that because of COVID. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, so that's good. And Obi Wan obviously should have been filming because of COVID, but they're going to do it when mm. things are a little bit better next year. Yeah, there's been a lot of films 
shut down with COVID. Yeah. From COVID. A lot of films were shut down. And I just want to bring up Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, yeah, he's back. They shut down Mission Impossible yep. 7 and 8, which they're filming back to back. They're going to be great. going to be great films. Um, but they're back to filming. Yeah. Yeah. Now, he's hired, he's hired two <laughs> ships. Yeah. And they, one of them, one of them is a brand is brand new, mm-hmm. and the other one is newly newly yeah. refurbished. Now the whole idea, they're in Norway, I think. Yeah, they're filming Norway? in Europe, in Norway at the moment. Um, uh, so he's hired these two ships mm-hmm. so that all the staff and crew and yeah. you know the stars of the film and everything else can isolate in those yeah. in those ships, and they can continue to film essentially like a hotel. Yeah, like an now hotel these, now isolation. These, now these yeah. ships. Have got restaurants and mm. bars and shops and God knows Full what on cruise them. ships, yeah. So they so they can live a relatively normal yeah. sort of life, yeah. bobbing around in the water, mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, is the guy nuts or what? Oh, he's <laughs> just, crazy. That's what I'm he's saying. Crazy, he's crazy. That guy. He's but crazy, but I love him, man. You've got to admire oh, what he brings. For sure, man. Yeah. Like he puts. He puts. Not only does he. It's the old saying, you know, walk the walk and talk, mm. talk the talk and walk the yeah. walk and all those sorts oh, of things, yeah. you know. He, he, he walks the walk. Oh, for sure. Like Absolutely. He, 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 he puts his money where his mouth is. Yeah. And be, because, the, you know, how can, how, how can any insurance company insure that? Oh, I know. In a film? I know. No, Have you, you seen his latest stunt? Yeah, his latest stunt. Well, actually, before that, did you hear, you said that he puts his money where his mouth is. Did you hear how much he personally forked out? No. 500,000 pounds. To rent out the two cruise ships. Oh my god! So Five hundred thousand pounds Australian. That's the best part of a million. A million bucks, bucks right? Yeah. And this is because they obviously didn't want the film to be delayed again. It's been delayed. It's back. So he's spent you know half a million pound for the hire of two cruise ships, essentially to act as, and the, have as you a seen, hotel. Did you, did you see? Have you seen images of the ships? They yeah, are yeah, phenomenal yeah, yeah. looking yeah, things. Crazy, but yeah. So he is in Norway. They are filming, and yeah, he did a. Bloody crazy! Another crazy stunt. He's just he's he's nuts. I just just think there's Insane. no way you could insure that guy. You couldn't. You couldn't. Well, actually, this is it kind of links back to Chadwick Boseman. We were talking about last week. It came out in Vanity Fair or the Hollywood Reporter um, that they don't take out insurance on big actors in case of like death and stuff like that because well, they the just right don't way. assume it's going to happen. You know, so Tom Cruise, whether they do insure him, surely they would. There's, no, there's no way. There's no, no, oh, no insurance company. Man. The stunts he does, there's no insurance company no. that would well, insure that. Well, this particular stunt, it was done off the, I apologise if I pronounce this wrong, the Halsetkoppen Mountain in Stranda, Norway, which is apparently 4,000 feet above sea level. So 4,000 feet, that's what about, it's approximately, what, 1.3 kilometres yeah. high. Right, okay, and... The ramp. They set up I a think. ramp. They set up a ramp on the edge of this cliff, which has to be at least a hundred feet high. Yeah, at least you'd think it'd be somewhere in that vicinity, right? And he, in this stunt, he's driving a motorcycle yep. off the edge. Off this, he's driving a motorcycle on the ramp. Drives off the edge of the ramp, so essentially they're probably going to like CGI over the ramp and make it look like a cliff edge, right? So he's driving a motorcycle off a cliff. That's not the crazy part. He jumps off the motorcycle midair and then opens a parachute and parachutes down to the ground. He's got a helicopter following him, a drone following him. Apparently he did it four times. Four times. People were there watching like spectators. Four times. The guy is crazy, man. 
Well, it was not the first time. Like the the, the oh, what the last film he jumped he jumped uh, he jumped across a building and broke his ankle. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, remember yeah. And the and film before yeah. that? I think he was hanging off a hanging plane off that or aircraft that went up to like yeah. cruising altitude almost. And there, there was that one where they did the halo jump. Remember out of the yeah, out yeah, of the yeah, carry? Yeah. He's, yeah. he's nuts. The he's guy's out of nuts. helicopters, and but he gives us some fucking awesome movies. Yeah, but like I'm, I was surprised we watched top uh, we watched Top Gun recently um, for the upteenth time. Um, and we watched the making of documentary on that. I was so surprised that even then he was going like he's a young guy, like mid twenties. Yeah. Even then, saying I'm flying the plane, I'm not doing this movie yep. unless I'm flying the plane. That's right. And I didn't realize he'd been like that for his whole career. Yeah. Like I'm no. not doing this movie if you don't let me do this, yeah. you know, properly. Yeah, he's crazy. Yeah, but you got to admire that yeah. craft. Like that is just and I, and I thought I, I incredible. thought that, that a lot of these stunts that he's been doing recently mm. in the last few films he's been doing, yep. jumping off planes and yep. you know, off the edge of a cliff and mm. all that sort of shit. That it was his way of. Of gaining popularity mm. and, and gaining face yeah. after his little meltdown yeah, jumping yeah, yeah, on the yeah. couch at, on on yeah. Oprah, but that's far from it no, because he's he's, doing he, it as you said, he's, done, he's been doing it his whole Top Gun whole was career. like one of his first like big breakthrough roles. Yeah. He was doing it then, yeah. like even in that in days, that, of, he, days of Thunder, days of Thunder, well. yeah, he, he was the driving the cars. But even in that Top Gun um, thing, there was a, a interview with like the directors and stuff, and they were saying this guy was a relative unknown. He hadn't done anything that was huge, and here he is going, coming in, going, "If you want me, I'm driving the, pl- I'm flying the plane." Yep, yep. And, and I think I, th- I think that. I think in 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 one in one interview I saw, um, they'd asked him about um, they'd asked him about his um, his salary for the film, mm. and he said, "To be honest, I would have done it just just so I could fly the plane." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and I th- I'm pretty uh-huh. sure that was about Top Gun. Yeah, I think so. Um, whether it's the new, the, the 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 new one they're making now or the old ones, mm-hmm. but but I'm pretty sure he was, t- he was talking about the old one. He said, "I would have done yep. it just 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 so I could fly the plane." Yeah. Well, that's what we've got now. We've got Top Gun Two coming out. Maverick. He's probably done some crazy stunts for that. Oh, and no his deal. next film, I don't know what it is, whether it's a Mission Impossible or something. They're filming in space. He said, "I want to film in space." Oh my god! So they've teamed up with NASA. I think it was the director of Mission Impossible. The next two Mission Impossibles is behind it as well, Christopher McQuarrie. I, but I believe he's behind this space film as well. They're going up and they're shooting in space. Like he's he's crazy. This guy is like he's ten thousand know, percent committed to his craft. You gotta love the guy. The day they put him in the ground, no oh one's ever going to be God. able to say that he didn't no he way. didn't live a full he's life. A, That's like, for his sure. Work is just so good. So um, Mission, you just, you just look back over his film, you know, and oh, some know. of them like you know your top Top Gun and Days of Thunder and Risky Business and Jerry mm-hmm. McGuire and Cocktail and Rain Man yeah. and Few Amazing. Good Men, Interview with a Vampire, and then of late. Later films like American mm. Made and the Mission Impossible franchise, yep. um, Oblivion. Mm, so he's good. done some great done stuff. So much Jack Reacher, Edge of Tomorrow, great stuff. And you sort of sit back and think, has this guy done anything good, really? Yeah, and then you look at his films so and think, oh my god, he's done stuff. some great films, incredible films. Uh, but Mission Impossible, no matter what you think of it, well, exactly yeah. right. Uh, Mission Impossible isn't the only big film that's back in production after COVID. Um, Jurassic World 3 is back in production. Um, the original mm. cast is joining back for this. Uh, so really we've got... Uh, well, I didn't like the last the one last either. One I thought it was just a lot of crap. Um, but this one, um, I like the ideas they set up in the last one, which is now the dinosaurs are out in the world and the world now has to adapt to humans and dinosaurs coexisting. I think the ideas there are quite good. And I like the idea they bring back the original cast. Sam Neill's back and Jeff Goldblum is back. Jeff Goldblum posted this the other day. Uh, we'll just... Quickly play just a little bit of this. I thought it was quite uh, quite funny. Yeah. Okay. 
uh, this apropos to our reunion. Yeah. I remember you. Yeah. You're the one that made my dreams come true. My dreams come true a few kisses ago. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. So there's like this little. Little video of Jeff Goldblum and Sam Neill sitting around a piano doing. Little, oh, I, I love, love Jeff love Goldblum. He's a, he's a weirdo. God, love it. Oh, he's cool. But he is. He is. Oh, yeah. I love him. Love him. Oh, me too. Um, he's, uh, he beat, beats by the beats by the same drum I beat from. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, Marvel's Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings is. I don't know if it's back filming, but they were re, they were filming before COVID in Sydney here in Australia. They set up like a massive like village uh, to like sets and stuff filming. Um, I I believe they were like about a few weeks ago. There was a report that they were setting the sets back up, prepping again. I'm not sure if they're back to filming, um, but yeah, that's back on the back on the wagon. Uh, Ryan, the Last Dragon from Disney animated film. Fifty percent of the animation has been completed remotely, so they've been working on this. The animators have been working out of their homes, animating the film for oh the entire God, length really? of COVID. Yeah, I'm gonna have hard set now. I mean, oh yeah, just a laptop, link up exactly right. I can do it. Yeah. I couldn't do it, but, you know. <laughs> um, uh, Disney is uh, back doing a little bit of work on The Little Mermaid. They were preparing to shoot uh, in London a few weeks before corona, but then had to shut down, obviously. Uh, picture surface this week of Jacob Tremblay, the, tri- the child star in the film, who's doing uh, the voice of Flounder. He's doing. They're recording his lines. They're a yep. bit worried that uh, his voice might break over COVID. He might get a bit <laughs> too old to portray the role. So they're getting that done, but there's no word on when the live-action work begins again. Uh, Avatar 2 is back in production in New Zealand. Didn't realise they were doing another second one. They're doing five more. Oh, you're kidding me. Yeah. How long is that going to take? 2030 or something is the last oh, one that's supposed to be, come out. They'll dig a hole in the ground for me. Yeah, the time something like, um, when did the first Avatar come out? 2010? It was something like, by the time the third Avatar film comes out, James Cameron would have be- spent like 20 or 30 years of his life working on the Avatar films. Uh, so trying, yeah. trying to beat Lucas, is he? Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Avatar 2 is back in production or whatever, how many they're doing back-to-back. I thought I'd heard that it shut down again, but... I couldn't actually. I tried to find an article on it last night. Couldn't find one. So as far as I'm aware, that's back in production. The Batman started up uh, for three days and then shut down they again. Shut down. Uh, they announced a crew member had tested positive for corona, and then mm. the next day it turned out it was actually Batman Pattinson. himself, Robert Pattinson. <laughs> um, not uh, not not that funny, you know, to be diagnosed with something like that. But no. it's just one of those things that's just like you can't write 2020. Just a crazy year. It's just you know. It's a crazy year. That's one we'll all remember. Well, exactly right. Um, but the Batman, we don't have too much time left, and this is something we've been putting off for a couple of weeks. Everyone's been going on about the Batman, the new trailer. What well, do you think about now. it? We're going to run. We're going to run over the hour, but I think so, just by a couple of minutes. Um, thoughts on the Batman? Um, I'm looking forward to it, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I've seen you know seen clips and mm-hmm. you know some stuff from it. It looks okay. I think it looks good. I think it looks okay. The only thing I have with it is that everyone is going on about how great it looks, like how unique it looks, like a unique take on it. Um, it's so original. The only thing I'm seeing out of that trailer is Christopher Nolan's Batman. Yeah, exactly. I just think it's so highly derivative of what yeah. Nolan did. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's still be good. Like it's a Batman oh, movie. I'm looking forward to it. I always like a you know, yeah, exactly Batman right. film and, yeah. and then we watch it and get disappointed and yeah. 
Sometimes. Some of them oh, yeah. are great, but, you know. Yeah, exactly right. Um, what do you do? I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be good. I mean, it's not part of that DCEU. So what's it, when's that due? That's due? Um, well, next year. They haven't announced it. They haven't announced the date. Probably 2022 now, yeah. probably. Well, they've announced it for next year. Like, oh, the trailer okay. said next year, but it had, like, question marks, and so, yeah, like, yeah. who knows yeah. when that's going to happen. Exactly right. uh, but, but especially now with the second shutdown, um, who knows? I don't know. I haven't heard anything about Pattinson. I'm assuming he's doing okay. We hope. Um, but yeah, I think he. I think he looks pretty good as Batman too. Oh, I think too. he would he, he be better. Be really good. Well, yeah, exactly right. No, um, I just want to just just before we go and whatever. Yeah. I just want to bring up um, uh, the passing of um, who was it overnight? Oh, from the um, from the Avengers. Yeah, the, the original, original British series yeah. and. Um, 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 I, I the name escapes me because I'm not Diana too Rick. Diana Rick. Diana Rick. Yeah. She was 82. Yeah. Um, and she passed, well, for us in Australia, it was overnight. So it was, mm. it was uh, the 10th in, mm-hmm. I- in the US. And yeah. um, just another sad passing. Another, yeah. Little, you know, of a, of, a, of a great lady. And mm. you know, she did some great stuff. She did the Avengers and Game of Thrones. And she did some. Uh, uh, about nine episodes of Victoria, the That's TV right, series. Her from, because I'm not too um, familiar with her work, but I knew I'd seen her in something. A, she did Bond film as well. Yeah, she the did, uh, on Her Majesty. Yeah, that's right, mm. Majesty Secret, Secret Service. Yeah. So that's uh, that's number two. Another sample. Oh, that's yeah. Two in, two in, and they, they say they're coming through. They're coming through. Oh, yeah. Well, I hope not. So let's hope, you know. 2020, man, is just a crap. Actually, no, because we had one not that long ago. Didn't, oh, Vivian, Vivian Lee? Is it Vivian Lee? Uh, yeah, you might be. Not right. Vivian. No, not Vivian Lee. Sorry. Um, uh, she was also in Gone with the Wind. And why is her name escaping me right now? Vivian Lee was the lead in Gone with the Wind. Uh, I'm talking about. Um, oh, jeez, have I forgotten her name? I've got no idea. Who's Terrible. Um, Olivia De Havilland. Oh, Olivia really? De Havilland. Yeah, she was the sole um, uh, remaining cast member of Gone with the Wind, still alive, and died this year. Only just before John Boyega a few weeks ago, and she was John Boyega. Uh, oh, John Boyega. Sorry, S- sorry, John Boyega. John Boyega. <laughs> <laughs> um, Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, at the passing of Boseman a couple of weeks ago, we spoke about Boseman and Boyega on last week's show. Yeah, wise yeah. mix. Yep. Um, yeah, she died at the age of a hundred and four. Hundred and four. Yeah. God. So that's I think that's the three. Hopefully, what a great in- great innings. Like, um, if you're healthy, mm. I'd love to live to that age. Yeah. I've always said I'd love to live 500 years. Oh, that'd be great. Wouldn't if you, if all you the change healthy. you could see. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Could you imagine having been born in the 1800s and still alive today? Oh, God. What Amazing. You, what you, what you would have seen. seen. Exactly you know, right. Um, flight, the motor vehicle, computers, everything. Crazy. Do we have time for maybe one question? Yeah, we've week. run over now. So we, we have run over. over a couple of minutes. Um, if we've got one question there from a long-time viewer, we'll take. Uh, what have we got? Um... Um, it's from Anthony. Anthony. Mini Cooper. Mini Cooper, a long-time viewer of the YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Um, which movie did you see at the cinemas multiple times the most? I think, now I'm not sure, I think it's Star Wars Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones. Yeah. It might have been Revenge of the Sith. Maybe one of them I saw four times in the cinema. It might have been Revenge of the Sith, actually. It wasn't, any, it wasn't any of the, the Marvel, Marvel films? I don't think I've seen because any of the Marvel ti- films more than maybe twice. Because um, you, did, you did preview. 
you, yeah. you, you would do oh, maybe. preview screenings with yeah, Josh. Yeah. Josh yeah. Like Josh yeah. Um, and then, War, yeah. And then you would have already already booked another ticket. Oh, you, yeah, and you yeah, and yeah, Josh, maybe. There was, I forget which one it I was. I went with someone and else. You and you and Tim? Maybe. Might I don't know. You and Tim or yeah, maybe yeah, you and yeah, Josh maybe. went. And then you and I went to it as mm. well. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but I'm sure. I, I reckon four is the most. And I think it was like Revenge of the Sith or um, what do you call it? Um, Attack of the Clones was one of them. Anyway, mm. give you another one. Yeah, I just saw just saw this one written down, written here. Mm-hmm. Um, Joseph, how would you pronounce that surname? Sorry, I'm uh, terrible at pronouncing. Yeah, names. me too. Pes Pesantes. Pesantes. Joseph Sorry, Pesantes. we've probably got that wrong. Yeah, apologize. Joseph, yeah. I apologize for that. Who is your favourite foreign film director? Oh, it's a tough one. It's tough. I love foreign film. I don't watch enough of it, but I do love it. Um, I think um, there's one film that I really loved called Mood Indigo, which has Audrey Tattoo in it and um, really weird, you didn't like it, really weird French film, yep. just really crazy like visuals, gorgeous film. I think that was done by uh, Michael Gondry. Michelle Gondry, I I, I, again, that's another name um, that I I don't know how to pronounce correctly. But um, he his uh, style is uh, Mikhail Gondry, I think. I think that's how you pronounce it. Okay, yeah, Mikhail, Mikhail Gondry, yeah. amazing. Like his yeah. work on that film, just enough. But then, like, you can go back as far as like the classic stuff, and um, uh, you know, like Fellini, and uh, just all the greats. Mm. But I think. Uh, Gondry's work on Mood Indigo is just brilliant. Mm. brilliant. Just quickly, Elix, Elixiram? Elix, Elixiram, Elixiram, maybe. Yeah. What's your favourite TV show for 2020? Oh, 2020 really quickly. TV show. I don't know. What's been on? Like a 2020 show? Yellowstone for me. So Yellowstone? Far. So far, probably, yeah. We've yeah. watched so much stuff this year, but I think Yellowstone's probably the best show we've watched so far. But could get overtaken by Deadwood. <laughs> All right, uh, that's if we get through it. We'll get through. We'll get through it this time. We did go a little bit over time, but not too much. Only a couple of minutes over, which is fine. Um, as I say every week, I don't like. You know, we've got so much to pack in. I don't want to go too far over, but I think an hour, I think an hour and a couple of minutes is fine. Uh, look, guys, thanks so much for joining us once again and for all the support and everything. Uh, we're really happy with how this is um, take. Well, you know, not taking off, but we're happy with um, how it's, it's going. So it's progressing. That's the word I'm looking for. Of course, you can find me on YouTube at Dave Lee Down Under, over on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, just search me. I will pop up on uh, all of those places. This episode is, of course, going out on all the podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and, yes, Google Podcasts, finally. Uh, the visual element goes up on YouTube on the, on the Monday, but it will also go up two days earlier for all Patreon supporters. If you want to support the patron, www.patreon.com forward slash Dave Lee down under. Um, this week on YouTube, um, I just launched my Disney live-action ranked video over the past couple of days as well as a Mulan ranked video. Um, and this week coming up is the next cartoon evolution, Yosemite Sam, which is dropping on Tuesday. The voice evolution drops on Thursday. Week after, I'll be launching the Pixar ranking video, the first of like four or five of them I'm going to be doing. I'll be starting work on that this week. If you've got anything to write into the show, DaveLeePond at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us. And thanks to old mate Rick for joining me once thanks again as a co-host. Thanks, guys. Take it easy. Take it easy.